Welcome to the Connect Her podcast for female entrepreneurs that are ready to level up personally and professionally. Here at Connector, we believe you are always one connection away from your next life-changing opportunity. So buckle on up and join us as we connect you with the most sought-after experts who will be sharing their exact strategies and experiences that helped them reach success. We're your hosts, Sam Conaway and Rachel Haig. We are the brains behind Connector, which is not your typical boring pitch-fest networking community. And we have transformed the lives of over 10,000 women through events, mentorship, and of course, connections. Let's dive in. Can I get a boo? Yeah. <laughs> what is up, Connect Her fam? So I'm going to be real and raw with you guys. We were just talking about how Sam is a recovering mouth breather. <laughs> I am not in recovery for snoring. That is just a real thing. <laughs> yeah, that's here to stay. Yes, we will lock that in. I don't have any intention of fixing that and putting anything on my mouth. Yeah. And, and she uncovered to me that her only real laughs are when she snorts. And I realized that I make a lot of jokes and Sam never snorts when she laughs. So they're not actually funny jokes. Sorry to lay the truth down today. That we've thrown my ego out of the room. We are here (laughs) and we have an awesome, awesome guest on the show today. She is an absolute freaking badass, y'all. I ran into her at an event the other day and she owned the freaking room. Okay. Her outfit was on point, her energy was on point. She was there. She took the stage. She left no crumbs. And now we're here on this podcast to drill her with some questions and get to know her story. So, y'all, I would like to introduce you to Miss Julia Renee, IFBB Wellness Pro future Miss Olympia entrepreneur, women's retreat host, and the founder of Know Your Power. What is up, Miss Julia? That does feel good, honestly. Doesn't it? (laughs) You like go through life and you just kind of forget about the things that you do sometimes and you're just doing the thing and taking that moment to stop and realize like what you've done is really necessary. So thank you for that. I'm happy to be here. Real quick, y'all, just want you to imagine somebody's biceps being probably bigger than your head. <laughs> that is Miss Julia here. So I want to talk about intensity for a second because I want to just dive right into intensity. Is oh, that cool with you? I love intensity. Yeah. I'm you, an intense uh, personality, so I like that. You're also very soft, too. I can feel just there's an intense softness there. Thanks. I've been it's working very on that. The feminine side. <laughs> I've been working on that a long time. Oh, we're you just got a talking good balance. about balancing the masculine and the feminine. Yeah. Feminine. That's yeah. the season. Yes. Tis the season. Well, in order to get to the muscular level that you are at, there is a level of intensity that you have to train with. And so I'm curious, first of all, what does that look like? And how has that level of intensity correlated to just your life and your business? Oh, great question. I would say at least on the workout side of it, the level of intensity, the majority of the people aren't training it at it. It's just raw, real, honest. There's lollygagging in the gym. They're on their phone. They're not pushing past the point to where you need to tear muscle tissue to actually see growth. And it's setting because there's so much potential in people in the gym. And once you get started, you're just, there's a big learning curve. You're nervous in the gym. You don't know what you're doing. And you're always constantly thinking about like, okay, what are people going to think about me? And they're going to think I'm doing it wrong. The thing is, is that nobody really cares. And there's this level of intensity that's needed and necessary to build the amount of muscle that you need to be competitive on a bodybuilding stage. And that intensity is no quit going past those points where your body starts to give up and your mind tries to tell your body that we're done here. The body can go way past the point that your mind thinks it can. Mm. Because the example that I always use is when you're doing cardio. We all hate cardio, okay? We, <laughs> party, party. Cardi is the worst. I always say cardi ho. Because I <laughs> and she I'm a, a hoe. She is a, a hoe. She is a hoe. She is a hoe. <laughs> but we all have that moment where we're doing cardio and we're going, 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 and then we want to get off. But what is telling your body to get off the stairmaster? Your mind says, this is hard. This is challenging. This is painful. And then you run that through your brain over and over and over again. And eventually 
your brain tells your body to get off and then you go home and you're like, why did I do that? Mm -hmm. Like I had so much more in me. We've all had that moment where we know we had so much more in us. And when I'm training with people, with my women's community, or I've ever done like one-on-one training clients, I have seen people stop way before they're actually done. And once I push them past that point, they're like, oh my God, I didn't know that I could do that, Mm -hmm. which is all my brand is you're more powerful than you think. You have so much more in you than you actually think. So like if we're talking practical tips of bringing up the intensity in your workout, put your phone on do not disturb. Don't lollygag on your phone in between sets. Go in there with intentional focus that you're there just for that thing. And work doesn't need to be attended to. Text message don't need to be attended to. You're there for you and that's it. Mm. And the way that this, I guess, translates in my life is that I'm putting intentional focus now in all aspects of my life. Like if I am with Mm. you guys here on this podcast, I'm with you guys here. I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about anything else. And if I'm working and I'm doing something for my business, I am there and I'm putting the intensity and the intention and focus on that. And don't get me wrong, I get distracted. I feel like I'm an undiagnosed ADHD. I'm not even going to lie. I just haven't gotten <laughs> checked because I don't want to know, really. Ignorance <laughs> is bliss. Yeah. But of course I have things pop up, and I call it like your squirrel brain. You have mm-hmm. like things just kind of pop up and want to distract you and take you away from your intentional work that you're trying to do. So your level of intensity in the gym can flow into all aspects of your life, and you can be that intense, badass woman in all those aspects. Mm. So I hope that answers it. It does. And I think it's a great example for entrepreneurs, too. When you're working in your business, it can be very easy to put out fires all day and do all this busy work. And then at the end of the day, realize you didn't make any really big steps in your business because you were doing all the little things Mm -hmm. versus setting this like non-negotiable time of I'm not going to let any notifications on my phone get to me. I'm not going to let the drama that's going on in my family right now or the inner work that I'm diving into right now, I'm not going to let that affect it Mm -hmm. and be all intentional on that one thing. That's when you're able to really make strides in your business or anything that you're focused on. It's so true. Yeah, I I think I was watching something, probably one of my Alaskan shows. I love watching Alone and like people on Survivor (laughs) and things like that because I'm like, how do you do this? I love it. And one of the guys on there, he was like, quitting is like a disease. And you do it once, oh, it's no big deal. Oh, it's not a big deal. You do it again, and then you start to get comfortable with that. And then that becomes your new baseline. So it's all of a sudden you have this cardio that you need to do or you have this intensity that you're trying to work towards, but you quit at rep number eight. You quit at rep number 12 when you were trying to get to 15, or you you stop going up in weight or you stop uh, 500 calories, 300 calories, 100 calories before you were supposed to you know, keep going and keep going. And now that's your baseline. So when you come back to the gym or when you come back to your work day or when you come back to some form of relationship, your baseline starts to get lower and lower and lower. And it's like a disease that happens. And I was like, dang, my survivor shows are good. They they (laughs) took you so much more than I ever thought. And that's so true. You just kind of get used to being average. Hmm. And then you get, okay, well, it's okay that I did that. Maybe I can do a couple reps less. Maybe now I don't have to do cardio. And then where do you end up? Right back to where you didn't want to be. This is why our society yo-yo diets so much Mm. because they go at a level of intensity that's zero to 100 where they go from having a lifestyle that's not surrounded about health and fitness to being like a 5 a.m. wake up person. Mm. And then they're 75 hours. Yeah. And then they're like just raw dogging uh, like uh, chicken and broccoli and all these things. And it's just not realistic. And then eventually you start chipping away at those things and you end up right back where you were and hence the yo-yo dieting. So what are the best ways to build up sustainable habits? I would say, first of all, just be realistic with your lifestyle and where you can fit things in. Because look, I have a, I work from home. Like I have the blessing to be able to go wake up in the morning, go to the gym at 6 a.m., do my fasted cardio, come home, eat breakfast, work block, and then go back lift later. Some people can't do that. Mm-hmm. Some people can't go to the gym two times a week. And I don't expect you to. There's moms out there that have incredibly hard jobs, plus they're being a mom. It's not realistic. So when you're seeing all these that girl trends of people doing 100 million things in the morning, they're like, I meditated for an hour. I drove my greens. I went and I like (laughs) 
did 100 push-ups and it's all before cold shower all before 6 a.m and it's like yeah that's cool and it works for you and it works for your lifestyle nothing against that but how does that fit into me Mm -hmm. like i'm a mom I, i have to also take care of another human being so thinking about realistically what practices make you feel good about yourself set yourself up for success early in the day and how can i fit those in in my lifestyle First, being there and being really realistic. Mm -hmm. And then once you're fine-tuning the things that you love, like if you love meditating, meditate. If you don't, you don't have to force yourself to, Mm -hmm. or you can do it for five minutes instead of like 30 minutes like some people do. Like, for example, my um, partner loves meditating and I love journaling. And the way that I feel when I journal is the way that he feels when he meditates. For me, like I said, I feel like I have undiagnosed ADHD. Sitting there and meditating is a little bit difficult, Mm -hmm. but I know that me at least trying it is a growth edge for me. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'll meditate. It'll just be for like five minutes. Or I usually sometimes do like this weird type of meditation on cardio where I just try to like pretend that I'm not really there. Like I'm kind of just floating and it's it's wild. Like it's (laughs) it's probably it's not real meditation, but it's like something that I just made up. But find what works for you. Like if you love journaling, journal. If you love doing ice baths, go ahead and do an ice bath. But make your routine in a certain time frame that actually works for you. If you have 10 minutes to spare, if you have 15 minutes to spare, it doesn't need to be an hour long routine. Mm -hmm. So be realistic with your lifestyle and fit those in where you can. I feel like one of the biggest things that helped me with habits is like doing it at the same time every day because I am a mom and I also run a business here with Rachel. And when I do the exact same habit at the exact same time every day, it's like my body like remembers to do it. And my mind tries to get the best of me sometimes when I don't want to do cardio at 7 a.m. And what happens is my body starts to just move. And it's just like, this is what we do. Yeah. We're used to this. We're disciplined enough. We've done this enough times that even if your mind doesn't want to because you've been so routined with it, I got this. Your mind can take a back seat. My body, I got this. And I just let it do its thing. That's so true. I was literally talking about that. I made like a little TikTok the other day just explaining like the difference between motivation having it and not having it Mm -hmm. and like I feel like people freak out if they're not motivated to go to the gym or to eat healthy and the truth is I'm not at all all the time Mm -hmm. sometimes I am sometimes I'm not but I lean on my habits my rituals my routines to keep me still going and doing those things that I know are going to propel my life forward just like you said where you're like waking up at 6 a.m and you're going to do cardio and you're like wait how did I get here It's because your body now knows this is what we do. Mm -hmm. We do this no matter if we're motivated or not. So I love that you brought that up because I implement that a lot into my life. I'll go to the gym. I mean, yesterday I really didn't want to go. I was not motivated to go, but my rituals and my my routines drove me to the gym and I went and I finished it and I did it. It wasn't like a 100% incredible workout, Mm -hmm. but it was still a 100% of about the 50 that I had in the tank. Mm. And to me, that's what matters is, am I still going at a level of intensity even though I only feel like I have 50% to give? Go to that max 50%. To me, that's still successful. Mm. I love that. It's like what you guys were talking about earlier with quitting. Quitting is a disease. Well, doing your habits is a positive disease, right? Mm -hmm. When you do one habit, you start to build trust for yourself. You're like, oh, I did that. Okay, tomorrow. It gets a little bit easier. It gets a little bit easier. And I think people set themselves up for failure in a way when they do go all in from one lifestyle to I'm going to now drink my greens in the morning and ice bath and this, that, whatever, 75 hard because it's such a drastic shift versus implementing one habit at a time, building trust with yourself, knowing you can do it, whether you're motivated or not, you're going to accomplish it, and then taxing something on and adding something on. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, six months go by and you're like, holy shit, I'm a completely different person. But it didn't all happen overnight. Yeah. I went from eating fast food all the time and just waking up whenever I wanted and not working out to like having these five solid habits that have really improved my life. And I've done so by taking like little baby steps. And you're so right. And that's why a lot of diets do fail because we always go from zero to 100 instead of going step by step. Because I feel like I I like to call it we live in the Amazon era where we want things the next day with like one day day shipping. We want to be like an entrepreneur the next day. We want our business to succeed the next day. We want our physique goals. We all hear that one. 
it all to happen the next day. I even had a posing client who literally has been posing for this is her third session with me. She's never posed before. And I had a little mental health moment with her because she was being so hard on herself. She's like, I just want to have the flow down. I want to have the flow like you do. And I was like, girl, I've been doing this for <laughs> years, <laughs> three years, posing every day. And I was like, you got to be patient with yourself. Mm, like yeah. you're just learning this new thing. Of course, you're not going to have flow because you don't know how to do it yet. And I was like, this will take time. It'll take time and patience is just the same way with any of the goals that you have right now. It's going to take little baby steps, time and patience. And if you literally just do this thing, if you take this one thing out of this podcast, you can go so far. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. it's great. Like we can end it here if we wanted to. Well, but Mike, <laughs> drop. We're done. Episode over. <laughs> one consistent habit is far better than 10 inconsistent habits. Very true. And I think that's the reason why, I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs have the question, how do I grow on social media? Mm. Well, you are, you know, an influencer creator yourself. If you look at any successful creator influencer, what are they doing every day? They're posting the same thing that they're consistent with, right? Mm -hmm. If they are a fitness influencer creator, they're posting upstairs every single morning. Here's my gallon every single day. Mm -hmm. And they are that pendulum of every time their viewer knows I need gym motivation, they go to that person, it's true. right? Or I need a coffee recipe. I go to that person. Mm -hmm. Well, these people are growing because of their own consistent habits. Very true. And their consistency with showing up on social media. Yeah. Like that is combined with being a fitness influencer too. So their habit of being consistent and showing up with these other habits that they do is what gives them success. 100%. Yeah. All right. Let's switch gears into comparison because I know that is something that comes up in bodybuilding a ton yeah. and also on social media a ton, as an entrepreneur a ton. Let's talk about it. Yes. So you are on the road to Olympia, and I'm sure you have some updates for us on that. Give and us all the juices. Yes, we want the juice. We want What's the details. On? And we also want to dive a little bit deeper, too, because this is a sport. Bodybuilding is a sport where you're constantly comparing yourself to the woman next to you. Mm -hmm. And it's a competition, mm -hmm. right? And a lot of your community and what you've built and the brand behind you is about collaboration and women coming together. So how can you stand on stage and have that mental drive to want to compete and compare yourself to the woman next to you and then also build a brand at the same time that's all about collaboration and connection? Very, very good question. This is a difficult thing for bodybuilders because it is such a solo sport. Mm -hmm. And you, at the end of the day, just have to rely on yourself to get that stuff done. Mm -hmm. You don't have to rely on your teammate, you know, if you're in soccer, if you're in football, whatever it might be, to pick up your slack. The only one to pick up your slack is you. So you're 100% accountable for everything that happens. Granted, there's crappy coaches, but you still have to follow your plan. So mm -hmm. that is a struggle in the bodybuilding scene about creating community. And that's why I've wanted to so bad because I know that this sport can get really lonely and it can be isolating because you're doing something that only a small percentage of the human population will ever do or want to do. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't understand because it is socially acceptable to go out and drink and to party, but it's weird to say, no, I'm going to stay home and I'm going to eat my prep food. Mm -hmm. How is that socially weird to me? I never understood that. But <laughs> talk I, about some PTSD trauma. Yeah, for real. I was bullied for being healthy growing up. Yeah. And then and That's I'm sure thing. you guys can relate to that too. Fit shaming. Super fit shaming. Yeah. But then we all got out of high school. Everybody went to college and a couple years later a lot of people were like, "Wait, can you teach me they all those things?" They reached back out to you doing? and asked for help. <laughs> yes. Yes. We just peaked in our fitness knowledge first. Yes. And I love that you were talking about at least like the community aspect of it. But there's comparison in everything that we do. Mm -hmm. I mean, whether you're a bodybuilder or you're an entrepreneur, you're always going to want to compare yourself to somebody else. Because, of course, like we live in a society of where we can see everyone's highlight reels and what they're doing and, you know, the cars that they have and the trips that they're going on, the physique that they have. And we want to have it so bad and we want to have it now. And especially in the bodybuilding scene where you're literally doing the hardest thing that a human can do. You are going up on stage and willingly saying, judge me, mm. which is human's worst fear is to be judged. But bodybuilders stand up every day, half naked, matter of fact. How does my, my tie-in look today? <laughs> judge me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's a crazy thing. So, of course, there's a level of comparison because 
there's literally an aspect of bodybuilding called comparisons Mm -hmm. where you are standing next to a line of other girls that are have worked just as hard as you and have done the same exact things as you and gone through the same kind of shadows as you and they're judging you next to the other person. So there's literally that happening on your stage. But there's also the aspect of social media mm-hmm. where you're seeing a bunch of other professionals, Olympians, amateurs, and you're comparing their body to them. And of course, I did that a lot when I first started out. I was like, well, look at her. She's so far along. Like, look at that. Look at her glute tie in. You know, her side pose is way better than me. And then it makes you feel inadequate and makes you discredit all of the work that you've done. Mm. And you have to also put yourself in that person's shoes. How long have they been doing this? How long have they been dieting? Have they been grinding? What have they gone through? Put yourself in their shoes and realize that it wasn't easy for them to get where they're at. And you'll be there eventually. You just need to give yourself that time as well. What are the tools that you use personally to overcome any type of comparison thoughts that come up for you? So I don't scroll on social media at all to the point where my friends are like, did you see my post? I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I didn't. (laughs) But I use my social media platform. I'm a content producer. I'm not a content consumer. And I do this not to be an asshole. I do this for my own well-being. I follow all the pros and the Olympians that maybe one day I'm going to be on stage with, but I don't go actively looking for them and actively searching to compare because believe it or not, people listening to this might actually be doing this. They're actively going out and searching to feel bad about themselves, Mm -hmm. to reaffirm what they already feel about themselves. So if you're already feeling inadequate and unworthy and you're feeling like your physique isn't where it wants to be, you're looking for places to go and confirm that that is true. So you're going to that fitness influence. You're going to that professional bodybuilder to confirm, yeah, you're not where you should be. And then that causes shame, guilt. Maybe even you just stop trying at all. So number one is I don't really consume content. I post content, the content that I want to see, and then do a following audit. Go into your followers, go and audit the people that you're following, go and look at their profile and say, how do they make me feel? Do they make me feel empowered or do they make me feel less than? If it's less than, unfollow. You can curate your feed to be exactly what you want it to be. And if you don't like it, there's actually a option. I know for sure it's on TikTok. I don't know if it's on Instagram, but on TikTok, you can reset your For You page and you can reset it to be what you want it to be. So if you don't want it anything to do with bodies or physiques, you can reset it to look like cats or (laughs) people eating food or whatever it might be. So you can do those things. Those are the main things that I do to protect myself. Mm -hmm. And then if I do actually get into that comparison mode, I put myself in his or her shoes and think about how much I've gone through to get where I am and then remember how much they've probably gone through to get where they are. And that if I want this as bad as I want to, it's going to take time, it's going to take patience, and it's going to take repetition. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that. And I know we're talking about bodybuilding here, but this is literally anything. And- it's and literally anything. I mean, my fiance is a entrepreneur and he's moved out of the fitness space. And I know that he does this a lot with other entrepreneurs. He's yeah. like, but they have a podcast, mm-hmm. but, but, but they've made this much. They've gone here. It happens with, with everything. Yeah. And that's why they say comparison is the thief of joy. Like it is the thief of joy. It takes that joy out of your heart because it's like, where are all of the places I am inadequate? Yeah. And I loved how you said like, you're actually actively searching for that. I remember yeah. Throughout my pregnancy, like becoming a mom, like I was looking at everybody else's pregnancy journey and they were having a great ass time. And I was not. And I was (laughs) confirming every day that there was something wrong with me because of that. Every day I was seeking it. I was searching it. And I I was validating myself through that. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're at a place where you're using social media, but it's constantly just to open it up, compare and have that validation that we were talking about. I'm an adequate or or you haven't set those boundaries with yourself and you're just consuming, consuming versus creating, like she was saying. So if you're at that place, like, turn it off, <laughs> turn it off, yeah. get the get the apps that help you with turning those social media platforms off. I think there's a ton that like block it off your phone, too. And yeah. then I just mute. Yeah. No, I, yeah. No I, I literally when I first no started yeah. trying to have 
being a fitness influencer be my full-time job. I had all my notifications on for everything because I answered everybody's mm-hmm. everything. And then I realized how much anxiety it was getting me as I started to grow. And then I turned them off and it was the best thing I ever did. So on the topic of comparison, a actual personal one from my life, because you were talking about your pregnancy mm-hmm. and how you were comparing your pregnancy to other people's. Mm-hmm. And I was doing this for recently with my prep journey. So mm-hmm. my body has had a little trouble getting lean this year around. And I'm being sensitive the way that I talk about my body because for so long it was like, my body's difficult. My body's hard. It's challenging. So what I was doing to confirm that something was wrong with me, I would go look at other professional bodybuilders and look at them and say, well, she's lean year round. Why can't I be lean? There's something wrong with me. So I would reconfirm what I was already feeling about myself. And I don't know why I would do that. I would just <laughs> do that so that I can feel like, yes, Julia, you're not crazy. You're actually right. Mm-hmm. So once I started to unpack that, I started realizing all the negative talk that I had around my body and realizing that this negative talk can actually push me further from my goals and make me hate my body and make my body actually hold on to weight and mm-hmm. make me self-sabotage and maybe eat off plan because I felt unworthy. And this is a cycle that a lot of trigger warning really quick, because I'm going to talk about eating disorders, but I had a binge eating disorder for a long time Mm -hmm. that stemmed from back when I was in wrestling. But I like to use this example with girls that struggled with binge eating because I did for such a long time. But what happens is you have a craving and usually it comes from like some sort of emotion Mm -hmm. to where you're angry, you're lonely, you're upset. Maybe you got an upsetting like text message or something that triggers you. And then that emotion causes you to go and have the food. And then that food reconfirms the way that you feel about yourself in Mm -hmm. a way. Does that make sense? Yeah, it It does. does. Okay. I actually had a client conversation and we do business coaching, but what we've recognized is your business is a direct representation of your mindset direct representation of your lifestyle. So if you have a cluttered mind, if you're really struggling with a ton of trauma you haven't processed, well, your business is going to reflect that. Mm. And so one of the conversations that I had with a client was around an eating disorder. And I am not a fitness coach, right? Back in the day in another life I was, but that's not my qualifications right now. And so we were really careful with how this conversation went, but it started with just asking a ton of questions. And what we got down to was the reason why she was binging was because her only time she ever got with her family was when they would eat at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. And so she would stay and she would eat extra food at the dinner table so she could spend more time with her family as a child. Wow. And so she wasn't hungry. It had nothing to do with the food. It had to do with her craving love and as an adult not having community, not being around her family and feeling alone. And so she would eat to feel that love. Mm -hmm. And so any addiction, whether it's a food disorder, whether it's scrolling on social media, all of these things, it's really important when you notice yourself doing something that doesn't feel good, it doesn't really feel aligned, how can you pause and just say like, what am I deeply craving right now? What do I wish I could hear from somebody right now? What do I wish I could have in this moment? And most times it has nothing to do with what you're doing. It has to do with a feeling that you need to, to a trauma that you need to work on within. Yeah, we definitely go outside of ourselves to find the reason why this is happening, whether it is social media or maybe it's like a habit or food, maybe it's porn, maybe it's alcohol. We're going outside of ourselves to try and figure out why this is going on when the answer is actually inside of us. So yeah. instead of like going on social media to reconfirm what you think is the truth about yourself, maybe just go and ask a friend what the truth is. Like yeah. if I went up to you, Rachel, and I was like, honestly, like I'm feeling like crap about my body. Like I feel like it looks terrible. I'm not, I'm not getting lean. I'm never going to make it to the Olympia. Like, can you tell me the truth? And it's like, what are you pretending to not know? Like asking yourself that question. It's like, what are you pretending to not know? And sometimes you can't figure that out. And sometimes you need that person to pull you out of that and be like, yo, girl, you're fine. Yeah, Mm -hmm. which is why I think it's so important to invest in mentorship. I understand fitness to a 
certain extent, but I would never coach myself through a show. I think it's really important to have a coach because they can see that different perspective. They're not in your brain hearing all the negative self-talk, opposing coach to see all angles, or in business, a mentor, a coach to help you through specific things, people that have accomplished what you want to accomplish. It's so important to seek insight from people. Now, there's a level of the right person, but it's so important to welcome people into your life to really help you through the challenges or the things that you're facing. Yeah, and they can give you an unbiased opinion without any emotions or feelings or anything with it. That's why I love my coach, because if I am feeling X, Y, and Z, I can send him a text and he just gives me like logic. And with bodybuilding, like sometimes you need just logic. And then if I need someone to make me feel a little bit more comforted and safe, then I just go to my partner and I'm like, yo, bro, I'm feeling this kind of way. <laughs> go to about my partner, myself. yo, bro. And I'm like, yo, bro, I'm feeling this kind of way. And then he makes me feel a lot better. But you're totally right. Having someone to guide you with their unbiased opinion is so helpful in whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. Yeah. I want to go back on social media, something that you talked about really quick, just because I think it's such an important nugget, is feeling the guilt when you chose to not consume social media. I feel like that is something that I can really relate to because when we, you know, started Connector and the community started to grow, girls would come up to us and be like, oh my God, did you see my new launch? Did you see this, this? And we wanted so deeply to see everyone's post and cheer everyone on for every launch they do and every event they run. But there was a point of how can we also protect our energy so Mm. we could show up for the masses, show up for our podcast, show up for our events. And so there's this level of guilt that sometimes you feel when you are switching into a new habit that is going to serve you and protect your energy. Mm -hmm. How have you worked through that level of guilt? Like when you chose, okay, I'm not really going to consume things, even if that means I'm missing out on seeing some of my friends post. Mm -hmm. How did you deal with that guilt that comes up within? I think that the guilt more so stems from kind of what you were saying, which was those people like seeing if I saw their thing and and just honestly not to protect my energy. But the way that I kind of dealt with that guilt is just knowing that I didn't want to feel the way that I felt for so long when I let social media run my life. It's (laughs) almost like fear kind of helped me. It was almost like knowing that if I fell back into this pattern, that it would get me right back to where I was. And I knew that that didn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So I want to switch gears and talk about Know Your Power, because one of the things that you do is really serve women in all different levels of life, whether that is fitness, whether that is mindset, you host women's retreats, all of the different things. But before we get there, let's hear the tea about Olympia. Oh, okay. 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 So like I was saying before, my body has, it's been a little bit of a challenge this year to get it to get lean. I've been prepping since April and I'm still not ready for my show. Mm -hmm. So it's been a long, long process to get the body fat down, to get the weight off and to start seeing the inches. So it's been hard, but I think that I have managed it the best that I have in the past, not so much, but I'm every prep I get better. And that's the purpose of bodybuilding for me is to put myself in a situation where my shadows will pop up and I'm intentionally going to war so that I can see areas that I need to shine a light on. So my body's been a little bit iffy with how fast it gets ready. So I've had to really just deal with that mentally. So I actually had to push my show date to be more so in October, which means I'm going to miss qualifications for this year's Olympia, which I wanted to qualify for this year's Olympia, which is 2023. And the cutoff is October 9th and I'll be competing late October. So that was kind of like a real gut check to the heart. Mm -hmm. But then it also gave me an opportunity to realize that this is happening for a reason. I probably wasn't ready to compete at the Olympia in 2023. And that's a hard thing to rewire your brain because you get so set on things and doing it when you want it to and how fast you want it to that when the universe kind of goes, no girl, look over here. Mm -hmm. It's hard to take it as a sign from the universe that you're just not ready for this yet. It doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. It just means not yet. So now my reframe, instead of being like, oh, the world is over, because I definitely did that for a few days. I'm not going to lie. I was like, what am I going to do? Oh, my God. Everybody's going to care. Nobody cares. 
So what I did was just think about all the good reasons why me not qualifying for the 2023 Olympia can be beneficial to me. So Mm. number one, I get to do a whole nother series on prepping for the Olympia and trying to win a pro show so that I can qualify. Then also I get a whole nother year dedicated to putting on more size so that I can be even better, even more dominant in this industry when I show up to the Olympia. I also get to have a little diet break and probably go and travel and do some things. And all of that was so exciting to me that it made the sadness, the momentary sadness of not reaching my goal in the time frame I wanted to kind of be like, it's okay. It's okay. And that's like years of working on that. Because if this was me three years ago and you told me that, oh, I wasn't going to be able to compete, then I would have broke down and just given up. But now it's like, well, let's pivot because it's going to happen. It's just time-wise. I think that's a huge testament to just knowing you have a goal, but being there for the journey and for the process of it all. And like you said, we want to be in control. I don't know if you said in control, but I took it as being in control of this is when I want it. This is how I want it. This is when I'm going to reach it versus I'm here for the journey. I'm here for the benefits of how whatever way it goes and knowing that, hey, I can let go. I can let go of this exact result, but know that I'm still headed there and it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when, not how. Yeah. And I think that you speak very well when it comes to just manifestation and speaking things into existence. And I really want to hear about your your program. And we're about to get into that. But I want to touch first real quick on what are some practices or practical advice you can give people for speaking things into existence and manifestation and how that's really worked out in your world? Oh, I love that. I have like, because I'm a type A personality, I literally have a three-point system. Um, (laughs) But... Before that, one of the quotes that I have been living by this entire prep, because I am the queen of control, meaning I think that I can control every aspect of my life and it turned out exactly how I want it to be. So relinquishing that control, I'm also a personality eight. Why are we the same? I know. A personality eight, which their greatest fear is relinquishing control Mm -hmm. and being vulnerable. So it's just funny reading about myself. So the quote that I have been living by and I write every single day in my journal is, I release the need to control every aspect of my life while also maintaining my powerful presence. Because in my mind, if I I thought that if I relinquish control, I relinquish power over my life. Mm -hmm. But actually, there's power in relinquishing control when necessary. You don't have to hold things with like a a tight grip all the Mm -hmm. time, which I would do. So if anyone is struggling with being the queen of control, that quote has literally given me the opportunity to still be in power, but also relinquish control when necessary. And then along the lines of manifestation, manifestation is so fun and like everybody loves it these days because they think that they can just sit there and wish for things to happen and they fall into their lap. Mm -hmm. So I would say if we're going into steps of manifestation, number one, you have to dream your dreamiest dream in great detail. Like if there's a car that you want, I want, I did this with my Jeep. I want a 2022 white Jeep. What is it? What do I have? White Jeep Wrangler. Oh, I don't forget. I forgot my car. (laughs) Um, You need to write it in that great detail. Mm -hmm. When you want to like get your physique goals, like what time frame do you want to get it in? How much weight do you want to lose? Like, what does that look like? So be really detailed when you're doing that. And number two, visualize that you already have it with gratitude. Mm -hmm. So the way that this looks like for me, and I'll tell you this crazy story about how this actually happened after I go through my little three-point step. But when you're visualizing it with gratitude, you're visualizing like what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like, you know, what you hear. Like, do you hear people in the background? And then once you have that clear picture of what it is, then you express gratitude that it's already yours. It's just a matter of time. And I've done this with all of the goals that I've achieved and it's worked every time. And then number three, go to fucking work. Because this is the, this is the frou-frou thing where it's like, it's cool to make the vision boards and to mm-hmm. write the goals and all these things and to be like, miss that girl. 
But then, okay, here comes the hard part. You actually have to take action. And these actions actually need to align with your goals. Mm -hmm. So for example, if your goal, like me, is to become Miss Olympia, what are the actions that I need to do every single day to become Miss Olympia? That means doing my cardio, prepping my meals, having my meals on time, doing my supplementation, drinking gallon of water every single day. If I'm not doing those things, then I'm not going to reach my goal. I can't just sit there and be like, I want to be Miss Olympia, but then not do the actions that Miss Olympia would do. Mm. You need to embody what that person that you want to become, that you are going to become, does. So I walk around every day like I'm Miss Olympia. That's why you probably saw my personality and my confidence because I'm walking around every day like I'm Miss Olympia. It's only a matter of time. So you have to act like that person because you're going to be her. It's just a matter of time. Do you ever get discouraged? And how do you bounce back? Yeah, all the time. (laughs) Yeah, I do. You know, there's a moment of sitting in your little pity party, which I usually get angry at myself when I am in a pity party because I don't allow myself to feel pity for myself. But there's power in letting yourself feel the feels, you know, Mm -hmm. feel it for a while, but don't let it debilitate you and cause you to self-sabotage to where you stop taking those actions towards your goals. Mm -hmm. So I'll sit in it for a little bit. I always journal about it because what I find is that a journal doesn't judge you. And I'll find that I'm writing like, I'm the worst. I'm never going to reach my goals. Everyone's better than me. And then by the end, I'm like, wow, that was dumb. That was so crazy. I am not that girl. And it gives Mm -hmm. you time to process your feelings Mm -hmm. and see like, I was being crazy, girl. Mm -hmm. You're awesome. So if I'm immediately in that moment, get off social media, get my journal out, write about the even if it sounds crazy, even if it sounds the craziest thing, write it out because eventually you're going to end up convincing yourself of what the truth actually is. Mm -hmm. So that's usually what I do. But the story of this manifestation actually working, it was when I got my pro card. Every morning I write my goals down every single day, the same ones every day. I have three to five journals written out of just goals, 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 goals. And repetition is really important for me and it works really well. So I would write them down. You know, I'm going to be an IFBB pro at this show on this date. And I would go to cardio and that's where I would do my manifestation, visualizing with gratitude. So I'd visualize me on stage. Like, how did it look? And if you even want to make it better, look up what show you're going to compete at. Look up what stage you're going to be at. Look at whatever that physique is that you want to see, like visualize the location and get a clear picture. So I looked up what the stage looked like so I could see it. I'd watch myself walk over. I'd hear my dad yelling at me in the crowd because I can always hear him (laughs) when I'm on stage. I could see the lights and I knew that the lights are bright and I can see just a shadow of what the judges look like. You need to make that visual clear and crisp because what will happen, you'll start getting goosebumps because you actually feel like your body's there. Your mind doesn't know the difference if you're there or if you're not there. So I'd visualize it and then I express gratitude for already being an IFBB pro. And then it's crazy what can happen to your physical being once you express gratitude for having these things already in your system. And I would hear the exact announcer that was going to say, and your new IFBB pro Julia Renee. I know his voice. He almost he does almost every show. So I went to my first national show and I was on a winning streak. My first two shows I ever done, one first place, one first place. So I got humbled real quick and I got fifth place. My body wasn't ready. The girls that won totally deserved to win. And I was like, what happened? What did I do wrong? What mistake did I make? Like I, I did all the right things. Mm-hmm. And then I did a show two weeks later. I pushed even harder. My body got even better. My mindset got even stronger because I was so hungry for that. And when I got my pro card at that show, that announcer was there, that exact announcer. He wasn't at that show I got fifth place Hmm. because that's the show I thought I was going to go pro at. He wasn't even there. So I was (laughs) supposed to win that second one. I wasn't supposed to win the first one. And it's just wild to me because in that moment I knew, oh, This is where it was supposed to happen. And that goes back to the universe working on its timeline, not your timeline. So now in my YouTube video intros, I've shared this a couple of times on some podcasts, but I keep that part in. I do my little intro of me working out and then it says, 
you're new, IFBB pro Julia Renee, and then it's a shot of me like posing on stage. I keep that in every time as a reminder of this shit works. Mm. So that's my long-winded story. It does. This shit works. So Sam and I do something kind of similar. We call it mind movies. And so when Mm. we started our business, we sat down and we were like, okay, let's create a mind movie together around what does our business partnership look like? What does our business look like? What are the things that we're going to be doing? And then what does our lifestyle look like on the outside of business? And although we're two different people, we have very similar paths. And so we were able to kind of put together the things that Mm. we wanted. Sam ended up at the end of this mind movie, first of all, at the end of this mind movie, it was getting married and having a baby. Sam freaking did it all in like (laughs) six months. (laughs) I am convinced <laughs> the reason that, because that wasn't the plan. I mean, it, <laughs> it was in the mind movie, so it was, of course, part of the plan. But there was a certain order that I had placed the mind movie in in order to reach you. are on the universe's timeline. Exactly. Julia said it. Exactly. So that's <laughs> not being attached to timing. But what was cool was the deeper, and so this is what I'm convinced the deeper I would get into the mind movie as the seconds would go by, the more emotion I started to feel and the mm. more emotion I started to feel. And by the end, like there would be tears in my eyes, the goosebumps that you're talking about. And coincidentally enough, towards the end, the highest peak of my emotions was watching the family and watching mm-hmm. me getting married and having the relationship and the things that I desired so much and desired most probably out of the whole entire thing. And that was the thing that instantly started to come first. And so this has happened multiple times. This was moving to Austin. I imagined myself in a high rise, like with a pool on the rooftop, like doing my cardio, looking out like this giant window where I could see the entire city. I visualized that exact same thing. And it was it was I found that that apartment that it was almost picture perfect in my mind. I didn't even know it existed. Mm -hmm. Something that was at the time out of my budget. But I was like, I know this is supposed to be where I live. And same thing for the show, the show that Rachel and I actually won the same title multiple or two different years in a row. I imagine myself just like you every day doing my cardio. I practiced my routine. Mm-hmm. I I held each stand. Like I would like physically like pretend I was posing like on the cardio I'll machine. I'll literally be on like- the Stairmaster sometimes <laughs> and I'm doing like I'm going like this. I was doing it the other day. Yes. I can do Stairmaster with my eyes closed at this point. <laughs> so I'm doing my posing routine. I'm like people probably think I'm interpretive dancing, but I'm doing what my movements are doing. <laughs> But, but it, it was like when you so won real. that title, it was also like I won this every single day for the last three, six months. Like yeah. I felt this emotion every single day. Mm-hmm. And like when it was real and when it was there, it was like, this is really cool. But like I've also lived this. I've also I already every knew day. Like I knew what this was going to happen. You're like, I already knew this. <laughs> but now y'all know, which is cool. And it seems to be like another just secret to this is just the amount of emotion that you attach Mm -hmm. to it is so important Mm -hmm. because like you said in that moment where you saw the the family and the marriage and the relationship and all of that and you put so much emotion more towards that one than like the others you ended up getting that one first right Mm -hmm. and then maybe you could after that move your attention to something else Mm -hmm. and it seems like that's one of the keys like the ones that you get the most emotion like the visceral response the goosebumps like Mm -hmm. the chills Maybe even you start crying, like that's the one that it's like, ooh, that's that's yeah. on the rise, girl. Every time that I imagine, because we've said this out loud so many times, that we're going to pack a stadium of 10,000 women. I imagine Rachel and I like walking up stage together and like the connector name is put on the stage and like the lights and how people are going to feel sitting in the stage and then going backstage. And I know what speaker lineup. I know Ed Milet is there. I know Jamie Kern is there. And he puts his hands on like our backs and he's like, I'm so like proud of you guys. And I don't know why, but he was the first person that helped get me into entrepreneurship. So I imagined him there that day. I see my parents. I see my family. I see just how Rachel and I just embrace each other for like, Look at what we did. Look at what we did. And that always gets me to a very emotional state. And so I love, I love, I love, I love that you brought all of these things Mm -hmm. up. And I've tried to also, I want to talk about this real quick. I've tried to manifest or visualize things that I don't think I actually wanted. Things that I thought that I needed. You do that all the time. But I didn't actually want. And I couldn't get myself into the feels of that. And I think there's a huge difference there. Like you got to know what is right in that seed that's in your heart. Yeah. And I feel like... Social media plays a big aspect in this mm-hmm. where you unintentionally pick up other people's goals mm-hmm. that you think that you want for yourself. Maybe you see them having this car, this amount of money, this job, this mm-hmm. physique, 
and you think that you want it because society says that it's cool or it's awesome or that they're successful. So you pick up these things that you're like, yeah, I want a blah, blah, blah car. I want a blah, blah, blah house. And I want this kind of physique. I want the title of being a bodybuilder. But they don't actually like the journey that it takes to get to those things. You're like, wait, where did this come from? Sometimes things are caught and they're not really like taught. It's just like, oh, where did this come from? Like, this isn't even mine. <laughs> and this, a lot of these things come from, you know, your parents, like how you grew up, maybe your friend group, maybe you're in a friend group right now to where all of them want to be an entrepreneur or something, or they want to be a fitness coach. And you're pretending that those are the things that you want because your friend groups want, but you're like, you're like, really, I just want to be a mom, you know? And that's okay too. So that's another thing going back to like having your actions align with your goals. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you'll end up doing these actions and these that girl things that you're like, wait, I hate doing all of this. <laughs> Why am I doing this? And it doesn't actually align with the true goals and self and future that you want. So getting super clear on what it is you want and what kind of lifestyle that you want to live and what's actually important to you because it might not look the way you think or society thinks it should look. I think that's why those visualizations are so important because like you guys were talking about, you will know in your soul if what you are manifesting feels good or not. You uh. will be able to get yourself into that gratitude. And if you can't, there's probably a reason why you can't. And so going back on like that mind movie thing, similar to yours, like I journal this every single morning. We look back on our mind movie now and we can put side by side our original mind movie and all videos of combinations that from our life. Mm -hmm. And they it happened and we didn't even know they happened. Sometimes you could be manifesting something and you don't even know it came to life. And then one day you wake up and you're like, holy crap, all of this stuff that I prayed for, all this stuff I envisioned happened to me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's why it's so important to do that work of envisioning it. And it sounds so tedious sometimes or controversial to like, I'm going to sit down and meditate every morning or instead even of just diving cheesy. into working. Yeah, yeah. it's mm -hmm. cheesy. But that is what's really going to lead you towards seeing that vision for yourself, embodying that vision and making it happen, Very believing true. you're worthy of it. Yeah, because there, when you're doing that, you're actually putting yourself in the position to feel it, to live it, to see like what it feels like to be there. To know if you want it. To know if you want it. And then seeing your response to it is so important. Because if I was on the Stairmaster and I'm in those last five minutes and I'm like going, I'm going, I'm going. And I'm visualizing the Olympia stage. I'm vis visualizing my posing routine being perfect. And I felt nothing. That's my cue. Maybe you should quit bodybuilding. But every <laughs> single time mm -hmm. I get chills I, I start going faster. Yeah, but I'm your like, cardio I'm like running yeah, on the stairmaster. It. <laughs> it goes by quick. It's wild, <laughs> but it, that's true. If you're not feeling any emotion towards these goals, any kind of real connection to them, maybe they're not yours. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I want to switch into know your power. Oh yeah, we, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> we went on a completely different uh -huh. way. We're talking I liked, about how I to liked it. feel your power. Yes. Before we sign off and ask you our last big question for the day, I want you to share with the audience what know your power is because mm -hmm. this is a brand that you really stick behind, something you've built, and it is for women. So tell us a little bit about know your power and what that mission means to you. So know your power is the belief in yourself and the ability to be the creator of your own reality. Whoa. So I literally just came up with that like a week ago. By okay. The way. okay. So I wanted to encompass like what this brand meant to me. And I felt like that statement really did because really we're... Quick, how long has Know Your Power been around? Okay, I would say... Probably since I've been saying you're more powerful than you think at the end of every single YouTube video since I started YouTube. Mm -hmm. That's just we said it on the podcast, yeah. too. It's how I end everything. Just a reminder that women and men all over the world are more powerful than they give themselves credit for. So it started, I would say, maybe 2020. I love that. And yeah. it goes to show that a brand can evolve over time. You're like, yeah. I came up with that a week ago, but I've been at this mission for so yes. long. That statement, know your power, you're more powerful than you think. I've always stood by that. But but what does that mean? Yeah. And it's yeah. like believing that you are the creator of your own reality. And there's so much power inside of you. We are 
incredible, floofy little beings. And we literally just talked about manifesting things into reality. We have so much powerful energy in this universe because we are connected to every living thing. And we don't really realize that. We just walk around like little robots. We drive to work in a box and then we get to work and we work inside of a box and then we go home to a box. And then it's we forget that we're literally like these angelic beings and we have so much power in this world to do so much things. And I feel like especially with women, it's like there are so many things that are stripping our power every single day, whether it's society, whether it's what they think we should do, what we think we should wear, how we should do our makeup, how we should speak, how loud or how quiet. All of these things. Barbie movie. It's it's a Barbie. There's so many things that are put onto us as little girls and they strip away our power every single day to where we forget that we are these beings that have so much impact and ability to create in this universe. And the purpose behind the Know Your Power brand is to not change anybody, but to help them remember who they already know they are. Because nobody needs to be fixed or anything. We just need to remember who we are. Just literally come back home. And then on the topic of that, my YouTube video series for my prep, I give them a series title every time. It's called The Journey to Nobody. Mm -hmm. And that's literally just the journey is to nobody. I'm coming back home. That's it. I'm not going to a destination. I'm not doing a thing. The purpose was just to come back home. And that was the real reality check when the Olympia thing happened. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, remember, girl, this is journey to nobody coming back home. It doesn't matter the destination or the trophy or whatever it is that you want because all that shit fades. And then you're just left with what? Yourself? Mm -hmm. So that's the purpose of the Know Your Power brand. So within that, we do it through being fit in all aspects of your life. So physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And we do it by having weekly mindset calls where we cover a bunch of topics so that we can make sure their mind is right so that they can achieve their physique goals and actually feel like they can be worthy of those when they get them. And then at the end of the, we do it in a 30, no, three month cycle, we're doing the Know Your Power Women's Retreat. It's going to be here in Austin, Texas, October 7th. And we're doing a whole day of workshops where we're diving super deep into all of the shit. Usually when people leave these events, they're like in tears. They've made friends for life. Like it's, we go deep, really deep. And then we have a bunch of guest speakers that are coming, people that are doing breath work, sound bath, women, women's empowerment coaches, a bunch of fitness coaches also because we like to blend them together. And then the next day is just girl hang, brunch. Everyone's lifting together, probably doing a leg day at my gym where I started bodybuilding. Oh, I love it. Okay, so for anybody that wants to get connected into Know Your Power, you guys have the podcast. You also have all of your events, your retreats, Mm -hmm. your stuff like that, your programs. Where can they find you and get connected with this mission? So I would say the easiest would probably be Instagram, which will be underscore Julia Renee. And Renee's with one E. And then the link... We we'll drop it below. Yeah, if, we'll put it below because it, he literally, we had just the Inventbrite, but then we put it on a landing page and he just changed it, my partner, and I'm not going to lie, I don't remember what it is. It was like a day or two ago. That's just real. We'll drop it below, y'all. So last question of the day, we ask everybody on our podcast this question because our brand is Connect Her. We are all about connections and what connections in your life have changed the trajectory of your life? What have created opportunities for you? What have really changed your thought processes? All of the different things. So the big question of the day, wee woo, wee woo, they're coming for us. I'm like, am I hearing today? <laughs> I was like, what? We're going to jail, straight We're- to jail. <laughs> straight to jail. <laughs> Yale or jail, Yale or jail. The number one question that we ask all of the people on our podcast is what is one connection that has changed the trajectory of your life? like a single person Mm -hmm. it's cheesy to say but it's my partner it's my partner because when I first met him I want to say like 2019 I was a hairstylist and I wanted to be the person that I am right now 
And I met him and he was in the bodybuilding industry and he introduced me to a community of bodybuilders and it got me started into bodybuilding, which led to all of these different things. And he was also the first person that w- that I was able to be completely and utterly myself and vulnerable with. And I'm not even lying. There's no other person on this world that I've been able to do that with but him. Mm-hmm. So he's a lot of the reason why I could connect with so many people because he is very in touch with his feminine, and he's, but he's also like tatted, bearded, <laughs> has a whole sleeve. <laughs> he's gone right now, so I miss him also. But he helped me connect to that side of me and taught me that it was safe to be like that. And it was, it gave me the opportunity to do that with all the people that I've met. Beautiful. I love that. I think choosing your life partner is the biggest decision you can make in your life. Yeah, that's true. And you made a good one. Yeah. He's a yeah. gym. <laughs> we'll keep him around. We'll keep him around. We'll keep I guess around. he's all right. Well, Connectors, it has been an incredible episode. We appreciate y'all listening in. And before you hop off, real quick, go ahead and go below. Click on the description. Learn more about Julia. Get plugged into her Know Your Power community. Follow her on the IG. Send her a message about your favorite part of this episode. We covered so many things from manifestation to comparison to habits to what it's going to look like for her to be the next Miss Olympia, all of the different things. And we are so happy to have you on this journey with us. We will see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Connect Her podcast. We are your hosts, Sam and Rach. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to show your support, make sure to connect your friends with your favorite episode, leave a review, and download that favorite episode for later. And remember, you're always one connection away. We'll catch you in the next episode.